This is a Federal News Network podcast. The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Mark Amtower of Amtower and Company, which is entirely responsible for its content. This is Amtower Off Center on Federal News Network. Every week, author, speaker, consultant Mark Amtower gives you his take on what's going on in the world of federal marketing. Now, your host, Mark Amtower. Welcome to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm Mark Amtower. I'm here today with a first time guest, but a longtime friend, Kevin Cooley of RMC. Resource Management Concepts. Kevin, welcome to the show, man. Mark, thank you, sir. It's a pleasure to join you. I've been listening to you for a long, long time. It's uh, great to be kind of face-to-face with you, so to speak. Yeah, well, I mean, we've been face-to-face a few times. We've known each other a little while. But um, let's start with this. Uh, Tell people a little bit about you and a little bit about uh, RMC, please. Yeah, so RMC is uh, located in St. Mary's County. We're a Southern Maryland company. Um, we're probably the largest uh, IT company, or small business IT company for sure in Southern Maryland, about 500 people, very focused on the Navy, very focused on the Syscoms, very focused on RDT and the warfare centers. I think we're really differentiated from a lot of folks as we really go out of our way to take care of people, to build people, to build careers, to invest in people, pay for certs. We've done really well for ourselves over the last 10 years. We, we are definitely going to cover the benefits of being at RMC, having uh, having visited your site a few times, I can tell our, our listeners that when you walk into the offices of RMC, the atmosphere is palpable. It's like walking into your grandmother's house. Everybody is so friendly. Yeah, yeah, we try. So, um, you know, I, I'm not a St. Mary's County native, but um, we came here in the 70s. I'm from a big family, uh, you know, four boys and a girl. But my dad came to Pax River in 1975 to run a Navy contract. He was in the GovCon industry 40 years, mostly operations and contracts. So I was sort of raised from the knee to be in the GovCon business. And Mark, you know how proposals are. You know, my dad would be at home on a weekend working a prop, and you'd get exposed to things. So I'm 10 years old asking questions like, well, what's a BAFO? You know, what's ghosting? What's DCAA? And some folks would say that's sick, you know, like, hey, did you ever actually have a childhood? Um, but, uh, I mean, it, it really, you know, sets the stage for success in this business, understanding. So the business insights my dad passed to me and the various, you know, Southern Maryland relationships he fostered for me in the Pax River and Works for Field world certainly has been a help. Well, let's talk a little bit about Pax River as a community. What What is it like down there in Lexington Park? You know, I think uh, you could use a lot of different, you know, academic methods to assess it. But, I mean, I think what really drives Pax River is its remoteness. You know, it's distant from other federal agencies. It's it's the driver of the whole economy here. So comparing that to what most of your listeners in the D.C. area live with, for many, many firms here, you really only ha- tend to have, you know, one or two prime contract opportunities that fit your niche. So if you're in the D.C. area and your main target of opportunity that goes up in smoke, you turn your attention to the other like 50 agencies or opportunities that are within your reach. But in the PACS world, if your focus is the big IT contract or the big cyber contract and you don't win it, you're kind of out of work. So my first answer is that PACS is really it's all about intensity of rivalry here. It's higher than you'd expect. And you see that a lot of other warfare centers because it's the same sort of thing. They're, They're distant. And, you know, since it's remote. 
and it's historically been more rural and less populated. You know, folks go to the same churches, kids go to the same schools, same sports teams. You know, the relationships in both good and bad ways, you know, they're more significant. You know, mm-hmm. some folks have known folks, they've known each other since like daycare and preschool. So if you're an outsider and you said, hey, I'm going to go attack this opportunity at PAX, and you think you're just going to step between a relationship that's been in place since these guys attended the United Methodist Preschool, you probably haven't done your market research. And this isn't just PACs, it's every warfare center. So we've established that, you know, the rivalry is higher and the relationships are stronger. But I just want to add that, you know, since all those folks in that small world, that small pie, know the pie is only so big, government folks and contractors kind of seem to bind together more. You know, folks want a team with the folks that are already in. If you're in, that's great. But if you're not in, I mean, and, you know, we haven't always been in, then folks just aren't going to make you part of the circle. You've really got to fight your way in. Yeah, I remember the first time I, I drove down to your HQ. I'm driving down the main drag there, and the big box stores have the names of big systems integrators on them. Yeah, the old Lowe's is basically a BAE shop now. Or, you know, you'll be driving down through Southern Maryland, and all of a sudden you'll see like a, a, a billboard for Raytheon or Vertex, you know. I mean, it's not what folks think you'd find out in the country, but, you know, the GovCon is the world here. The Navy is the world. Okay, so let, let's talk a little bit about you and RMC. Why'd you go there? So it's kind of funny. I've actually been with RMC since I – before I graduated college, actually. I've never had a real job interview, um, although I've given a lot. Uh, RMC was founded by a guy named Mike Kalina. His son and I were close friends. We were our close <laughs> friends. And about the time I was getting close to graduation, Mike said, hey, I'm starting my own company. What do you say? You can be like the first employee. So Mike was this young at heart dad, drank beer, water skied with us, played sports with us, threw elbows at you on the basketball court. It was easy to say yes. We started in his basement, which is in an area near Pax River called Town Creek, and I knew we were going to have fun. You know, Mike's irreverent, likes the good jokes, likes to laugh, and he really just taught us, you know, not to be intimidated by, by anyone, to go out and throw a stiff arm to anyone we needed to, to go out and compete. Um, so that's kind of how I got here. It wasn't, you know, really that much. Maybe it's serendipity. I mean, it, it's certainly luck on my end. Well, you you aren't the only one there to uh, to show up uh, as, as like an intern, but your your path at RMC was slightly different. You and Rich. Um, so, at at what point did uh, uh, did you guys decide to make a play to own? So you know, we had been in business since about ninety two, and I mean that actually means we're actually at, at about thirty years now, which is a heck of a milestone because I don't consider myself to be that old. But uh, in 2012, you know, Mike just decided he kind of wanted to do other things. He had gotten remarried. Um, he married a wonderful woman, wanted to go enjoy that. And he'd always been into his kids and wanted to be part of his grandkids' life. So he said, hey, let's do something different. Let's put a good price on this thing. Let's sell it. You guys can buy out my equity. So Rich and I each own half of RMC. Rich is the president. I'm the CEO. Um, we bought out Mike's equity in 2012. And at that time, we were about 80 people or so doing about $8 million in revenue. And Rich and I just felt that we could bring the energy and the competitive focus to just grow the heck out of this thing. And, Mark, I'm sure you know this, but, you know, when you buy a company and have that note hanging over your head, you really have to grow it. You know, if you <laughs> buy a company and, and don't, you know, do more than just paying the note, you, you, you haven't done anything. So Rich and I made a pact to grow, put a handshake on it, and we've been successful. We've grown strongly and been competitive as hell. Okay. So when, when Mike started the company, was the focus NOCAD? Was it still called NOCAD back then? Yeah, so back then it was Naval Air Test Center. You, you got to go back to the early 90s, you know, before all the BRACs. 
you know, Pax River has probably tripled in size since then. You know, Navier came down, other parts of uh, Navier that, you know, Indianapolis, Trenton, uh, Warminster, and some other functions basically, you know, all got pushed back to Pax. Um, it really grew the area. I mean, it, that, that changed the relationship world. All kinds of stuff changed. Okay. So you go from this size to three, four X size. What opportunities did that lead to immediately for you? Because you were still the small guy in the neighborhood. Yeah. So, you know, we had always, you know, we, we, we started out at PAX. Um, like I said earlier, there's that over, that there's that over significance of relationships here, you know? So we always had to, you know, ask ourselves, Hey, you know, how are we going to compete? And it's tough. You know, we always wanted to be an IT company and uh, you know, those relationships were close to us. That was a world that was just, you know, it was taking care of itself. So we basically had to go do other work. I mean, uh, it's a surprise to a lot of folks because we're so strong in IT now, but most of our early work and contracts were, with, they were within facility management, environmental management, safety, program management, everything but IT, because at least that work was available. Uh, but every time we did work in that world, we'd always bring IT to it. We'd find a way to work in a database guide. We'd find a way to work in some systems administration. Um, eventually, you know, we developed a real cadre of, of, of strong IT people. That really put us in a position to start winning IT contracts elsewhere. Our first IT contract wins, our, our serious IT contract wins, actually weren't at PAX. You know, the, the big ones actually were winning contracts elsewhere, winning contracts like at Indian Head and such. But uh, th- that's kind of how we did it. You know, we, and at the same time, too, I think this is important, um, as strong as those relationship barriers were, um, Mike had a Hispanic background, um, and we got ourselves an 8A status. That let us, you know, jump over some of those relationship barriers by at least leveraging the sole source with very particular, you know, branch managers and such to at least get a couple contracts in a couple places and start developing some real Navy Pass performance. Yeah, technically you're still a small, but you're graduating soon, right? Yeah, so uh, we're about 500 people. Um, we're small under uh, Seaport and Oasis and a couple other vehicles, but we'll be graduating in the next two years. Okay. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'll be back with Kevin Cooley right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here with Kevin Cooley, CEO of Resource Management Concepts. This is a really cool company, and it, it's cool for a lot of reasons. They, they compete for Navy tech work, which is a highly competitive arena, and they win a significant amount of, of what they go for. And part of that, Kevin, I think, is your focus on that RDP&E arena. Go there for me, will you? Well, you know, it's interesting. If you look at the map of Southern Maryland and then expand it a little bit, you'll notice that, you know, the Navy's RDP&E community has a huge presence. Pax River, Webster Field, Indian Head, and Dahlgren, all within about an hour of each, an hour of each other. So... Our take on the market, if you dial it back to when we bought the company, sitting here in Southern Maryland, was that, you know, we were always surprised so few firms had a presence at the other warfare centers. It made no sense. We felt that, you know, the advantages you grow at one warfare center could really be leveraged to the others because it's already T&E. And in short, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars are spent locally by those warfare centers each year. So we felt, hey, we, like, we can get a piece of that. Um, and also, I think when you're looking to grow, if you're us, you could say, heck, I can drive all over God's creation in D.C., or I can drive about an hour. I mean, there's a lot to be said for whatever problems you're going to have growing a contract, being able to drive to them in an hour. So we felt that we really understood our RDT&E, which really still distinguishes us. And it's kind of a niche. You know, in the RDT&E environment, at least for IT, you, know, you end up using a lot of the same tools you would in an enterprise environment, but you use them to solve different problems. 
So a lot of competitors that don't have that background think, hey, I, you know, I use Active Directory or I use Cisco switches. I can do this. But they actually don't understand the problem. So they really can't write a proposal. And, you know, on one hand, it's a niche market, but it's huge. I mean, three major systems, NavAir, NavC, NavWork, like 20 warfare centers, billions of dollars in contracts. So we felt like, hey, on one hand, it's a niche, but it's a huge niche, lots of room to roam. There's a lot to get there, a lot to pick up. You, on one hand, you're, 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 you're kind of focusing yourself, but you're not giving up much because there's a lot to go eat. Yeah, and from what I can see from the outside, and I, I have I'll, my disclaimer, I've worked with you guys on and off for, for five or six years. I'm not currently working with you, and uh, I waited till we were done to write a, a piece about you uh, in Wash Tech. But here's the thing, RDT&E, this is in the DOD budget as a big line item every year. Every friggin' year. Yep. Okay. And the the communities around it, as you have explained, all kind of know one another. So if you if you are a contractor and do RDTE, even if you aren't in San Diego with Nywick Central, the old Spa War Pacific, um, they probably know who you are. Yeah, it is a small world. Um I mean, it, it's a, like you said, it's a niche. Even if you're not there, they do know who you are. And if you've done well, they know that. And if you haven't done well, they'll know that. <laughs> they'll, they'll know that faster. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so um, so you, you guys have been uh, focused on NOCAD for I don't know how long. Um, I guess since the acronym occurred. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, like, it, you know, it was originally Naval, Naval Air Test Center. Uh, became knock ad after that but uh yeah we've been here 30 years um you know since then we, we've grown quite a bit and it's really about focus 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 um I, I think uh you know something to note about the warfare centers um all those same things i mentioned earlier about you know what characterizes the warfare centers you know if i on one hand that's all true but you know those same factors can breed a lot of complacency um so you know uh a lot of companies in the warfare centers kind of overplay that relationship card um, you know, to win work and get funding and they don't quite pay attention to quality and, you know, delivering the best people. Um, and that's where the opportunities come from. I mean, that's where we've been able to, you know, take contracts away from incumbents and such. And part of that was understanding in one instance, when a vehicle was going to go small as opposed to, uh, full and open for anybody, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, if you really understand how the Navy does business and you really understand how decisions are made, you know, you're in a better position to make predictions about what is going to happen. Um, especially if it's an unrestricted contract that, you know, the large business is, you know, praying that it stays unrestricted, but you have better insight onto what's actually going to happen. Okay. So were, were there any other tactics? I mean, you, you, you've, uh, You've already talked about the uh, actually you use the phrase over significance of relationships. And is is that possible? Well, I mean, just this idea that I mean, yeah, there are firms out there that, you know, just play that relationship card again and again and again, which I mean, obviously it works for them. But what happens when that government person leaves? You know, if, if you've let your competitive skills, your ability to price competitively to recruit and retain the best people, if that's atrophied, you're in a bad place. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely firms in these environments that are overly focused on relationships, that they overuse that relationship card because it's kind of the easy button. And those are the folks that are kind of, I don't want to say the easy targets, but those are the targets. 
there, there are certainly companies out there that haven't done the best that, you know, really retaining and building people. And I think you really see this in the IT world the last five years. Recruiting and retention is murder in the IT world right now for a lot of companies. And I think that's where this is This is a, a prediction you can write down. I think you'll see uh, competition in the next couple of years for IT work in the Navy really defined by who's been able to recruit and retain successfully because a lot of customers are just really tired of not having anybody to execute. And I think that's what's really going to define who wins and loses the contracts over the next five years. Are When you see these vehicles come out, are are the contracting officers naming key personnel that have to be on the vehicle if, if there's a new awardee? For sure. And I mean, it depends on the warfare center. Each warfare center does it differently. But yeah, I mean, uh, most contracts, especially nowadays, there's a trend towards more keys, I would say, because, you know, they've, they've been burnt. Let's say over the last five years, you know, you have a contract with very few keys, you award it to someone new who really didn't bring the bring the right gusto to it, and then the customer suffers for a long time. Okay. So anything else we should know about growing business at uh, uh, at Pax River other than, I mean, I don't want you to reveal your, your innermost secrets, but I mean, you know, I know that you guys go for an offsite every year. When do you decide to go after something new? Are you planning it uh, 12, 24, 36 months out? What? You, most of our stuff is kind of identified 24 months out, at least 12. And it's very rare we would shoot on anything that, you know, pops up otherwise. But, uh, you know, we're, we're smart guys. We're actually all about research, 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 and research. I mean, looking at people, going to a market space and looking at, you know, what ads are being placed on Indeed? What ads are being placed on LinkedIn? Who's placing them? What do the ads say? What kind of things are people looking for? Looking at contracts, existing awards, looking at this is really critical because every warfare center puts their solicitations together differently. How are the solicitations set up? How does that favor people? Like, for instance, uh, Navic Land, um, you know, most of their procurements are set up about your corporate experience. Um, so, for instance, Usually there isn't actually a tech prop. You don't actually deliver a problem-solving ability. You're actually talking about what your experience is. Um, that really is a different approach to awarding contracts than most of the other warfare centers, and it favors certain kinds of companies. All right, and it, obviously it favors those that have uh, a strong past performance, a strong reputation. Well, it, it favors folks. It's not so much based on your past performance. It's based on your corporate experience. So, like, for instance, if you were maybe the Navy's strongest company, let's say, in rdt and &E Networks, and NAVIC put a contract out for rdt and &E Network experience, even though their incumbent might be strong, if you're the strongest in the Navy, you're going to be stronger. I mean, it, it's just interesting, you know, what, what that drives in the NAVIC market for, you know, companies uh, and their corporate experience. Other other markets, it's all about your technical approach, or maybe it's all about your the, the resumes you're delivering. But in, in NAVIC, usually they hardly ever even ask for resumes. Um, so in that environment, it's not really so much about people and keys and who you have currently on staff. Um, it's just a different approach to, to contracting, but it drives different strengths amongst the companies that can win. All right, so um, we are going to talk about your decision to go after NYWIC, but not right now. Right now, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. Kevin and I will be back right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here today with Kevin Cooley of Resource Management Concepts, the biggest small company in Southern Maryland. Number one, I, I, I love that tagline. Where where did it come from and why did you guys adopt it? Well, you know, um, 
we're pretty significant in Southern Maryland. We're almost 500 people, um, mostly here, some in D.C. and Charleston and Utah. But uh, there's lots of large businesses here. But in terms of actually having local presence and local bodies, we have more than most of them. Um, so we can bring a lot of the large business depth and capability ourselves while still being small, while still taking care of people. I mean, we we still personally, you know, know and understand the leadership of most of the Warfare Center customers we have. So, and, you know, we'll make investments in people that it's just tough for the largest to do. I mean, we're kind of large in this area, but we're still a small. The largest will say, hey, I just can't do that because that money is the big guy's bonus pool. But we might say, hey, let's spend that money or make that investment because it's going to pay off in a bigger way later on. Like, hey, you know, the payoff might be financial or it could be winning a contract or building a capability or driving retention. The largest can't do that because that kind of money is executive or shareholder money. They just can't play that game. But, you know, we'll do things that larges just don't do, although we're pretty darn big in our own right. Big in your own right. But, you know, you you, you intimated this earlier in our conversation and a little bit right there. The RMC culture is very different from most companies that I have worked with and visited. Again, so when I when I drive down there, I don't anymore because of COVID, uh, and I miss coming down. I don't miss the drive, but I miss walking in that front door. As soon as I walk in that front door, you know, hey, Mark, long time, man. Uh, and that's your receptionist. <laughs> Yeah, we try. So, you know, our culture really started with our first owner, Mike Kalina. Mike was a bootstrap guy, much like Rich and I. No one ever gave him or us anything. Um, it's all about hard work and digging deep. You know, we have a low hierarchy culture, high communication. You know, we want to know what people think. Um, you know, since it's a small community here, you know, we've always known that you don't want to be that lowball company that doesn't take care of people. Because, you know, here in the small world in Southern Maryland, you're going to see everyone that works for you on the street. You're going to see people that used work for you on the street pretty much for like the rest of your life. So we've always from day one wanted to distinguish ourselves as the preferred employer in Southern Maryland or any place else we work. And it's just not lip service. Um, we have really high retention. We recruit well. And really our approach there is fourfold. You know, we've got a, an engaged management. If you work for us, you will meet the owners. You will meet all your key managers personally. Um, we have fun. You know, we get out. We spend money on parties. We make it happen. Um, we go out of our way to give folks the best benefits. And I mean, Blue Cross Blue Shield are very low deductible. We're all about families. We want to make sure families are well taken care of. Um, we haven't even raised our health premiums the last three years. But I think the real kickers for us in the IT world is, you know, education-wise, we have an unlimited education benefit. If you want to take a master's course, it's going to happen with us. Over the last 10 years, we've helped like 100 people earn associate's, bachelor's, and master's degrees. And then on the, in the IT business, it's all about certs. And, you know, we'll pay set up the class, whatever, for all kinds of IT exerts at our expense. So that means that RMC is building folks' career. We're also, uh, you know, helping make people credible and capable of filling all kinds of stringent IT labor category requirements. And without that, you actually can't keep a, a contract staffed. So we'll, we'll invest three, four, five, six hundred K a year in education and training just to build the company, build the retention, and have the kind of people you need to have to be able to execute. And I mentioned this earlier. Um, you know, there's companies out there that are just looking to hire folks, just just scouring the world, trying to get people that have all the right tickets picked. I, that's going to go extinct. That's one way to die. Um, I think that's one worth quoting. But uh, you know, we, I know plenty of firms that have good and interesting contracts, but they've lost their hold on the customer because they can't staff. Um, and those com companies are the ones that, that are that are ready. For, they're they're right for competition. Um, I sort of feel like the future of uh, win loss and the warfare center IT space is going to be decided by who can staff, who can fill seats, who can retain. 
Um, and then our culture is all tied up with that. You know, if you want to come to us and work your ass off and have someone help you pick up a degree or pick up a search to build your career, we're the place to be. Um, we really can make a difference in some careers. And, you know, I have seen that personally because I know I probably know 25 or 30 people at RMC personally at this point. Um, and I'm in touch with several via LinkedIn on a regular basis. So tell me a little bit about the uh, community involvement for RMC. Yeah, so we go out of our way. I mean, like, you know, at St. Mary's College, it's close. It's right next to us. Um, we sponsor several interns there as well. Um, something that's large in Southern Maryland is hospice. We take good care of hospice. We take care of all of hospice's events. And there's a number of other community organizations locally, very Southern Maryland focused, like uh, Soderley Plantation is an old plantation that's now a historical museum of sorts. We take care of them as well. So we go out of our way to, you know, take care of our people, give them the right benefits, you know, make sure they have the education they need. Uh, take care of some of the, you know, really just pillar of the community type organizations like hospice. I mean, what, what, what more solid and, and you know, uh, helpful organization is there, you know? So we would go out of our way to take care of them as well. I mean, you, you just, you just have to embrace your community. Okay. I know, I know you have uh, association involvement with uh, a new uh, vehicle that you want in, in Charleston. Um, the, uh, Charleston, I forget what the acronym is, the Defense Association there. Yeah, CDCA, uh, Charleston <laughs> Defense Contractors Association. You know, of all the warfare centers we've ever worked with, Charleston easily has the best, you know, contractor association. CDCA is a great organization, really well run. Uh, the contractor side of it's great, and the government actually really embraces it. So it's actually a heck of a great, uh, you know, organization to be a part of. And that's really one of the ways we got ourselves engaged at Charleston. We, you know, about two and a half years ago, we started participating in all the CDCA events. Um, and it's actually been quite fruitful. Okay. Before we go to, uh, I, I shouldn't have mentioned that. Uh, do you guys do anything with associations in Lexington Park? Yeah. So locally we have, uh, it's called the Patuxent Partnership and also the Southern Maryland Navy Alliance. So we, we're, we're active in both those. Um, it's just that uh, the CDCA organization in Charleston, I mean, that is an organization that, that really offers a lot. There's just more to participate in there. Yeah, I, I'm surprised because AFCIA has a Southern Maryland chapter and a, Char, a Charleston chapter, and they just don't seem to have the uh, same bang for the buck that they do in many other places. And we're, we participate with uh, AFCIA in certain areas as well. I just think in the Charleston world, it's it's tough to look bright next to a candle like CDCA. I mean, that's that thing's burning. Yeah, I mean, I knew about CDCA before you guys migrated down there. I mean, it had been on my radar in a peripheral way for quite some time. Before we leave the culture side of RMC, though, tell me the Dave Hickman story. You know, that's a great story. I mean, you know, I mentioned earlier that every year we'll pick up a couple of interns from St. Mary's College. Uh, David was an IT uh, computer science major at uh, St. Mary's College. Started as an intern, out of the blue, no hookups. Just, I mean, he applied and got the job. You know, no one knew him from anybody. Um, that was about 12 or 13 years ago. Um, basically, he's the guy that's played the key role uh, building our IT team up from 10 people to about 350. Um, he's a beast. Um, he's got a great LinkedIn profile. He, uh, he calls himself the con of the RMC IT horde. Um, he likes the, he really likes the, the image of uh, the Mongol horde. Um, you know, when there's a contract to bid, David will send a note out. The horde rides. Um, 
And basically that that's usually his rallying call for, hey, I need writers for a proposal. I need reviewers for pink and red teams. I need folks to make, you know, customer calls, that kind of stuff. Um, but David has grown our IT group from 10 people to 350. Um, he's done an outstanding job. And he's just a regular old graduate of St. Mary's College, a liberal arts school. Um, but he's done exceptionally well for himself. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you mentioned his LinkedIn profile. I worked with you guys on, on LinkedIn. And Lauren developed some great backgrounds for for you guys. And David... David just took what I, I suggested for him and turned it into what I consider to be one of the best LinkedIn profiles out there, period. He talks about his experience there. He builds a, a, a palpable case for the the ambiance of your, your company, the ability to recruit and retain. It's, it's just a remarkable profile. Your profile is good. His profile is great. Yeah, we, we try and um, we, we've really tried to get all our, we think LinkedIn's a heck of a good tool and we've really tried to get all our managers to, you know, put some extra effort into their uh, LinkedIn to, you know, really get the message out there. We do think, you know, there are some differences between how we take care of people and how the next company does it. And you do it well. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'll return with Kevin to wrap up right after this. You can find Kevin at rmcweb.com, and you can find his profile on LinkedIn. I suggest that you do both. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. Kevin and I will be back right after this. Welcome back to Tower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here with Kevin Cooley, the CEO of Resource Management Concepts. Again, you can find him at rmcweb.com. You can find Kevin and a lot of the uh, the RMC employees on LinkedIn. Um, so there, there's a couple of things I want to touch on as we wrap up here. So we, we focused on the uh, the PACs, but you, you referenced earlier uh, the the migration to Indian Head, Dahlgren, and other. So tell me about that journey. Yeah, so, um, you know, as mentioned, you know, we started at PAX. We understood the warfare centers. We knew it on one hand it's a niche, yet it's a huge, huge market. And we had several warfare centers right around us. Um, and we really understood RDT&E. I mean, we understand the interconnectedness between the various RDT&E functions. We can write to it. And we knew that beyond PAX and Dahlgren and Indian Head, there was a lot more to conquest. So, uh, you know, in terms of getting out of PAX, um, it, once again, serendipity, we got lucky. Um, there was a particular security requirement we worked that got the intention of some folks at Indian Head. It got us to actually work a project with their XO and CO. Um, eventually, we were able to blow on that ember, and it turned into its own uh, small business competitive contract, which we won like 2008. That was our first Indian Head contract. And since then, now we have five current task orders with Indian Head. Um, after we won Indian Head's IT omnibus, which really gave us some horsepower locally, um, we were able to turn our attention to Dahlgren. Um, you know, Dahlgren's approach used to be that every proposal they had included like a two-hour oral presentation. And, you know, that really reduced the number of bids they received. Um, if you really didn't know RDT&E or you really didn't have something to offer, it was tough to bid at Dahlgren. But we had those things. We were local. We had a great staff of local people. We had all the bodies to do it, and we knew RDT&E. So uh, we started bidding Dahlgren work. We actually won our first Dahlgren contract right out of the block. We didn't have to bid four or five. We, we won our first one. It's uh, Dahlgren's Naval Systems Engineering Resource Center. It's one of the Navy's leading uh, hybrid cloud providers. Gives us some great credentials in the cloud space. 
And uh, just last year, we won our second dog or an IT contract. It's all about uh, uh, the Tomahawk uh, IT laboratories and such. Um, but we just knew there's more work there. It, it really fit in with our uh, our strengths. Um, we had the people that had all the right, you know, resumes. And when you think about already having a workforce at Pax and Indian Head, some of those folks live all over the place. I mean, they live close enough. You can bid them key at Dahlgren. I mean, that's a big problem for most folks bidding Dahlgren contracts. Hey, you know, who has the keys? I can bid on this and I'll be able to deliver them. If you're us working at Indian Head and Pax, you have the keys that can drive an extra 20 minutes over to Dahlgren instead of coming down to the regular work site. Um, you can actually get in there. You have the bodies that, you know, being able to address the keys is one of the most key parts of getting over the competitive hump. And we were just in a position to have that. So that, that got us into Indian Head, that got us into Dahlgren. And we actually see some more opportunities at Dahlgren. We're definitely going to be bidding more opportunities in the Dahlgren environment. Okay. But that, then you went to the Air Force. What, what's the path there? So, you know, we one of the things that we're lucky about, and I think we've always been good at watching the trends, and, you know, so, so a lot of our success isn't just us. I mean, there have been some trends that we just rode, like, hey, up until around 2012, I mean, you know, the Navy did do a real good job of setting work aside. You know, the rule is if you can find two smalls that can do it, well, then you set it aside. But that trend really got strong within the Navy. All kinds of contracts we have now used to be unrestricted. We were able to ride that trend. Um, you know, that's been great for us. Um, or some other trends too, like, hey, the invention of Oasis. You know, Oasis was really founded pretty much to be a contract for the Air Force. That was the big user. Um, and we were one of the very first companies to get an Oasis award back in 2014. So our Oasis approach was never, hey, I want to go bid everything. We wanted to only bid those things that were really closely aligned with where we were strong. So a contract came out of the 84th Radar Evaluation Squadron uh, out in Utah. We have a lot of work based on our rdt &E work related to IT portions of radar. IT portions of radar efficiency. We were just really strong with it. We really understand parts of those, uh, those that, that work. So we were very selective about what we want on Oasis, which was primarily at the time Air Force work. But uh, since then, we have two Air Force contracts, uh, one down at uh, Air Combat Command in Langley, one in uh, Utah at uh, Hill Air Force Base. And our approach there wasn't just to go willy-nilly shotgun, but I mean, hey, what's really, really, really aligned with the work you already do in RDT&E, where you can really write a great tech prop, where you really have great bodies, where you have great past performance. That's how we got the Air Force work. Cool. Um, so you, you keep talking about the research, uh, writing the RDT&E thing. So let's talk about the migration to NIWIC. Um, yeah, this... so I mentioned this earlier. I mean, we always wanted to be an IT company up front the first 10 years. We really weren't that much of an IT company. But over the last 10 to 15 years, we've become one of the Navy's most significant IT companies in the warfare center space. We're extremely strong in networks and cyber and at a laboratory administration. And if you're strong in networks and cyber, NIWIC, it just calls to you. It's a siren song. I mean, the Navy's locus for cyber and networks comes out of NIWIC. So if you're strong in those areas, it's a natural migration. Um, it just it just fits our strengths. And you got to look at it this way, too. I mean, if you said, hey, Mark, let's go develop a bunch of work in, at, at Groton, Connecticut, I'd say no. Who wants to go to Connecticut? But wouldn't you want to go to Charleston and San Diego? I mean, great towns, great places to go, great <laughs> restaurants. So, you know, we knew it would take us a couple of years to develop some work in Charleston. But, I mean, you go to Hall's Chop House in, in uh, Charleston, I recommend it. You want to go back. I mean, Charleston has fantastic restaurants. The people are warm and friendly. It's a great place to have to go develop work. I mean, it was really rough, terrible. Um, but we, we knew that, hey, you know, Charleston was the close, closest NIWIC outpost to us. It's very much aligned with our strengths. Hey, let's go hunt some work up there. So we got an office right in Park Circle, right in the beating heart of uh, the GovCon space there. 
we, we, we were able to rehire a former employee that had moved to Charleston to be our local guy. You know, we began courting the larger primes to make sure we had some, some, some friends to work with. Um, as I said earlier, you know, NIREC tends to award its uh, solicitations based on corporate experience. Um, we have some really strong corporate experience. Um, we knew we'd need a couple of partners to round out a few things. You know, we targeted an RFP really strongly up front. It was uh, NIREC's rdt infrastructure contract. We uh, operate NAVAIR's rdt infrastructure, which is pretty much the Navy's most complex rdt network. And that just gave us some fantastic differentiators to put on paper about, you know, things we've done and things we can do for it. Uh, long story short, we won that award uh, this past summer. And, you know, people were surprised. I mean, I got phone calls from folks I hadn't talked to in years basically asking, hey, how the hell did you do that? Um, but it's just an area you, you got to focus on your strengths. We're extremely strong in Navy networks and Navy cyber. And that was just the perfect opportunity for it. It 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 was, but those the hires there too. Um, you start out with a BD guy. You found uh, a, a a capture person um, who who I mean she's remarkable. Um, yeah, so uh, Lori Benson is fantastic. I mean, uh, Lori, we hired Lori basically to be the PM uh, for our new contract down there, and to do some work in the BD and capture world. Um, Really remarkable. She's got a great background. She comes out of Booz Allen, which really gives her a, a really disciplined uh, business and market pursuit approach. Um, and also uh, one of her last, you know, community jobs was uh, she actually ran the CDCA's uh, summit effort recently. She was the chairman, ch- chairwoman for that effort. So she knows everybody, knows everything about everybody on the government side and the different contractor side. So she's just got fantastic market knowledge in the Charleston world as well as San Diego. And uh, we're really embracing her strongly. Um, we, we do plan to uh, bid a number of items in the NIRC world. We're really, really thrilled to be down there. Yeah. And, you know, in in the middle of all this crap, the uh, the summit CDCA summit was was a success. Yeah, and that was. I mean, I know those folks were crossing their fingers, but I think it it came off. I mean, super great. Uh, a lot of different participation from companies. A lot of government folks participated as well. I mean, it, it really came off well. And for us, it was super valuable. We got to see government customers we haven't seen in a long time. We got to see uh, some industry partners as well as competitors we haven't seen in a while. It was super important for us. It was very successful. Yeah, and so here, here's the kicker. Uh, Nywick, formerly Spa War, is, I would call it, you know, as close to a closed environment as something like the IC. It's hard to break into. And you guys have, have done that successfully. So the last thing that I think I did for you guys was to uh, to talk to some people out in San Diego looking for a uh a bd person to uh you know start laying that groundwork for your long-term uh win efforts out there and i talked to a couple of people and they said well, well who are you doing this for and i said rmc oh yeah i've seen them uh just about everybody i talked to out there already knew you yeah, it's kind of funny how the Navy does business. You know, most services work is awarded to the seaport contract. The seaport contract has its own award report. A lot of folks, you know, once or twice a week, will just pull the award report up and say, well, he's got a contract. And if your name's popping up there a lot, I mean, it's pretty obvious. You know, even if you're not in that warfare center, you're like, holy crow, who is this? Um, so, yeah, we, we definitely have gotten some good notoriety out of, uh, you know, wins on the seaport contract. Um, and we are targeting uh, Spade War San Diego. We just feel like a lot of our strengths are really tied very closely to the mission of NIRIC. 
and that's the biggie man that that that's like the uh the largest dart et and e gig out there that i know of yeah and and their stuff is it's already t and e it's fleet it's i mean it's research i mean that enterprise i mean they're in everything and i do think they're actually a star that's rising i think you're going to see more and more it stuff in the navy that's done elsewhere kind of get pushed into the nav war nyric pool i mean i think you're going to see more and more it work go to them regardless of what what regardless of whether people think that's a great idea we're going to see more and more work go to nyric they're doing a lot of things pretty well compared to others i think it's it's going to grow cool final thoughts Boy, I mean, I think the big question for us is, you know, hey, kind of where do we take this? You know, where does RMC want to go? Um, we'll do at least $100 million in work this year. We're planning to probably do about 150 in, in the next two years. And we really have, you know, three angles where we're going. On one hand, like you mentioned, we're going to we're gonna graduate at some point here on the small side. Um, we're going to keep swinging for the fences on the small side. You know, we're in a position to be able to just go pillage. We're really large on the small side. Two, we're starting to bid a lot of large work. Uh, we're really going to surprise some people there. And then three, um, since, you know, the SBA really sort of revised a lot of their mentor-protege rules lately, um, we've taken care, we've taken advantage of that. We've got a uh, SBA, SBA-approved joint venture with a small business. It's called the C4C Joint Venture, C4CJV. If you're wondering, Mark, that stands for Coming for Your Contracts Joint Venture. Um, <laughs> and we plan to make a lot of hay with that. First, we're going after Polaris. We're going to win some awards there, both uh, service-disabled and um, small business. And we're going after a number of different, uh, you know, single award IDIQs with uh, the joint venture. Um, we're, we're really going to shoot that thing up like crazy. Um, so we're swinging for the fences. We're having fun. Um, and I just want to add this as just one last thought, too. I mean, I said this before, but I really want to just foot stomp it again. I really think in the IT space for DOD, what's going to decide the future of a lot of folks, can they win a contract or lose a contract, is, you know, can they hire and retain people? I mean, are their customers happy with the people they've gotten? I mean, I hear this everywhere I go from government folks. Um, that's going to be the differentiator. You know, our companies investing, retaining, growing people, and, you know, being able to hire. If not, I think a lot of companies are toast. Um, and that's a differentiator for the long term. Next time we talk, we can check in on this prediction and see where it went. But uh, I really think that's that's the message for the future for everybody. I mean, it, it's a new world. I mean, if you think hiring is tough now in 2022, I bet you in three or four years you look back and think 2022 wasn't so bad. I mean, it's going off the charts. Um, you know, folks that don't really understand that are just going to get blown away. All right, man. This is great stuff, Kevin. And and I will be checking in with you. Uh, I don't know when, probably before mid-year. And, well, I know I'll be checking in with you offline uh, before then. But uh, but we'll be back on the air, too. Uh, this is not my day job. As, as I indicated and Kevin indicated, I did some work with RMC on LinkedIn. Check out their company profile. Check out some of the individuals we talked about. And if you like the work there, give me a shout, and I'll help your company, too. Mark Amtower, Gmail. And thank you very much for listening to Amtower Off Center with my friend, Kevin Cooley. Thanks, Mark. Enjoy the discussion. You've been listening to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Network. Tune in Mondays at noon or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.
Hey, electrical contractors. I'm Matt from ABB. Are rising costs and product delays keeping you up at night? We can help you contractor better. ABB's contractor resources are designed to help you increase productivity and profitability on your commercial construction projects. Check out Contractor Better today. Visit go.abb slash contractor better. Your story, it lives in River City, where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small town feel, where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another, where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha, told by those who live it and love it. Whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives.